guys, welcome to episode 27 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. I'm your host, Sissy Spacek, and uh, I just, I wanted to start by letting you know that I am sick. Um, and I thought about, like, if I should edit out, like, the coughs, but there'll be so many that it just, it feels like it would just be ridiculous to edit out the coughs. So just, like, expect the coughs. Um, I can't really control it at this point. Like, it's, I'm really stereotypical, like, fucking, like, cold medication commercial sick. Like, I, <clears throat> I have, like, tissues surrounding my pillow in bed. And I'm, like, getting up in the middle of the night and, like, sneezing while wearing, like, bunny slippers. And, like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, it's all, it's, like, very cliche. Um, but I still, you know, I've got a really fun episode planned. I also just, I guess I should let you know that I'm trying to like recreate the sound of my old closet where I used to live basically and uh you know this uh, the apartment building that I live in now like every room just echoes like a goddamn cathedral so it's like I don't ever know where to go so I'm like testing this other closet I'm like sitting in a closet but it's just like not the same I used to have like a a little tiny walk-in closet like it was a tiny little like you could like step your body in kind of situation like enough for a table and a chair you know and now I'm in like a a half closet so like my body's in it <laughs> but like <laughs> the speak or the microphone isn't so like the the purpose is completely defeated um there's literally no reason for me to be sitting here inside a closet but you know you just gotta roll the dice baby because you never know what will happen had made no sense and had no context what we're talking about but i have a fun episode planned today um i just felt like you know i woke up and i felt like talking about that time, a few years ago, when Kristen Stewart ended a marriage and then became an alpha lesbian. Like, why are we not talking about this? By the way, this is like, this relationship is like one of those relationships that reminds me of why I wanted to do this podcast and like why the concept was so great at the very beginning of like brainstorming and like what made me like, oh my God, like this is it. Because we should be talking about this. Like this had a major impact on our culture and on our society and like on our news. Kristen Stewart ended a marriage. Like she publicly broke up a marriage and then became the queen of like the young lesbians. Like Kristen Stewart, I don't even know if you know this or not, but like Kristen Stewart is the queen of the the young lesbians. Like she's the queen of the lesbian club. You know what I mean? She's like in the A group. Like she is to me, like, what I would imagine, like, Jodie Foster was in the 90s, you know? She kind of, like, leads the pack. Like, I feel like it's, like, you know, it's... it's Everybody wants to get a little bit of that Kristen Stewart tale, you know? All the, all the young Hollywood lesbians and uh, starlets that are questioning their sexuality, a la Lindsay Lohan. I feel like Kristen Stewart is, like, the one to get. Like, she's hot and she's cool and, you know, I don't know, she's, like kind of like dark and brooding and you know she's just cool and I think that this relationship sort of like I think this relationship and this scandal sort of freed her in a sense to like be able to do whatever she wanted and live a more like fulfilling and like authentic life after having her entire world pulled from under her um so yeah I think we should just get right into it um so this is gonna be kind of a weird episode too because 
This episode's technically about Kristen Stewart and Rupert Sanders, the guy that she cheated with, but like, there is no Kristen Stewart and Rupert Sanders without Robert Pattinson. And like, my goal is to not make this too like, teen beat. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to like, I, I don't wanna like, <laughs> I don't want this to like, come off as like a Jane article. Um, but we have to talk about her relationship with him and like, I wanna talk about it retrospectively too. I wanna talk about it, you know, it's been years and I want to talk about the fact that it was like this big, huge, giant money-making machine and like what that must have been like for her and him and like those are the things that I want to discuss. Um, I don't even really know what to title this episode. I guess by the time you listen to it, like you'll know what I, what we titled it, but like, I don't know. This is kind of a thruple, you know, um, maybe even more than a thruple because his wife was involved too. What's the word for like a foursome thruple? A thruple? Anyway... Kristen Stewart and uh, Rupert Sanders, I suppose you could say dated, <laughs> from uh, July of 2012 to, what do you know, July of 2012. Because this was a uh, an affair, people. This was not a relationship. My favorite kind of thing to talk about on this podcast. Um, this relationship very famously ended one of the most highly publicized and lucrative uh, relationships, I would say, in like young adult Hollywood history of uh, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. And uh, like I said, this is something that has somehow been kind of brushed under the rug. It's something that just happened a few years ago to Kristen Stewart. But like, you know, I think maybe because we were in such a state of like Kristen and Robert fatigue that we were almost kind of like secretly happy that this happened. Like something finally happened to like stop this train of just never ending constant publicity about this like couple that adults didn't really care about. I mean, let's face it, like. It took a long time for us to actually care about anything going on with Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson if you weren't, like, 15. And it was this scandal that kind of made everybody be like, oh, okay, well, this is actually pretty interesting. Um, and like I said, I think that this relationship sort of changed the direction that Kristen Stewart's life was taking, like, not only her career, but her life. Um, obviously, it was a terrible thing that happened, and I can't imagine what it was like to go through that publicly. But I don't think she would have become the hipster lesbian queen that she was meant to be if she hadn't just sort of, like, just shattered it all. You know what I mean? Just, like, fucking started from scratch. Like, she really had to, like, I think this was, like, a rock bottom of a time in her life when she was, like, really lost and probably very depressed and just feeling very, like, confused and, and probably acting out in ways that were totally unnatural to who she was, you know, having all this pressure on her and... She kind of had to rebuild, you know, and I think that it kind of freed her, like I said, to kind of make her own decisions and, you know, also, by the way, prove that she could act because Kristen Stewart. Now, look, I guess I should just make it clear. I mean, I'm sure you picked up on it by now, but like I like Kristen Stewart as an actor. I think she's really incredible. And, you know, I think she's been given some some terrible roles in her career. But I think the things that she, you know, she's been great in, she's been great in. And. I don't know. I think that I don't know if we would have ever known that Kristen Stewart had the potential to be this really amazing actress had she not gone through this experience. So, um, and yeah, and Kristen also very famously got let go from uh, the Snow White franchise because of this affair, which the common headline at that time was that she was fired and that, you know, the studio let her go because of what she did, because she was a whore and blah, blah, blah. Um, but she actually 
last year did an interview where she had like a completely different story, which we will get to because I actually found it pretty, pretty interesting. And uh, like I said, there's no, you know, this story doesn't make sense without us talking about her relationship with Robert Pattinson. And like, I don't want this to literally sound like, like, I don't want to all of a sudden turn into a teenage girl who's like mining every detail about Twilight at that time. So like, that's not what I want this to be. And if that's what you're looking for, which I'm assuming it's not, I'm sorry. Um, it's going to be a little bit more retrospective, a little bit more uh, watching from above and not so much in it. Because I, you know, I'm not going to act like I didn't like Twilight. I hate when people act like they, like, because they're of a certain age or, like, because they're, like, not, like, a teenage girl, basically, that they can't, like, find enjoyment in things like Twilight. I watched Twilight and I enjoyed it. Like, I love... You know, any movie where there's, like, shirtless men, like, flying or whatever. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I can get into it, you know. It was silly and, like, ridiculous, but it was fun. It was a fun... And let's be honest, like, a movie doesn't make $700 million at the box office only by kids going to see it. So, like, all of you who are, like, making fun of me right now and, like, judging me, like, you've watched it. You probably gave the, the box office your coin because the movie made obscene amounts of money and like teenagers don't have money okay adults have money and it's not there was not 700 million like parents handing their kids their pocketbook and saying like go see twilight 30 times like it was it was you and i we were going together okay so let's just call it what it is um so let's start with kristen also by the way i guess i should also prerequisite robert pattinson is like like i'm gonna be talking about them as a couple but like as far as, like, giving a little bit of a bio about Robert Pattinson, like, I've never tried so hard to make a, per a person interesting in my life. Robert Pattinson is just, like, not an interesting person. And nothing interesting really happened in his life in the context of, like, who he was individually. He's very private. This is all about Kristen for me. This is basically, this is my love letter to Kristen Stewart, um, letting her know that I, myself, could see myself being in love with her. It is a weird, straight, gay crush. I don't know what it is, but, like, I just love Kristen Stewart, and that's just what it is. So I'm not going to be, like, you know, detailing every fucking aspect of Robert Pattinson's life because there's just nothing to detail. The man is the man is a little beige. He's as beige as the walls I'm looking at right now in this closet. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let's just talk about Kristen Stewart for a second because she's such an interesting person to me, and... She's somebody who really fascinates me. Kristen is literally, like... Kristen invented a new type of it girl for me, and I think that may be why she's forever, like... You know, I'm gonna be forever indebted to her because you know how I feel about an it girl. And, you know, I've never really known a person to be so, like, outwardly <laughs> repulsed by their fame the way Kristen Stewart was at the beginning of her career. And, like, you could compare her, I think, to, like, a Winona. Um... As someone who was just very, like, you know, anti the establishment and, like, anti the embrace of being a sex symbol and, you know, just, like, really genuinely wanting to just act, like, you know, but it goes so far beyond that because Winona was able to at least fake it. Kristen Stewart, the thing that I find so interesting about her is that she lacks the ability to fake anything she's going through at the moment she's going through it. Like, whatever emotions she's feeling... At the moment she's feeling it, like, you will know. If she's uncomfortable, you will know. 
If she's bored, you will know. If she's happy, you'll know. If she's pissed, you'll know. She can't, like, she lacks the ability to hide anything. Like, it's, and it, it's led to some very uncomfortable moments, but, like, I think the vulnerability is something that I just find interesting, and, like, I'm actually, I appreciate, or I'm like, she just, you know, she's the least fake person, one of the least fake people to really, like, make it in the past few years in Hollywood, because she just can't fake it. I think she wants to. You know, she had it her way. I'm sure she would be able to, like, mask her emotions a little bit, but she literally can't at all. And I just find it fascinating and fucking hilarious because I kind of relate. Like, I can't really... I'm one of those people that, like, if I try and fake it, like, if I try and have, like, you know, if I'm, like, having a conversation with somebody and I try and fake it as far as, like, whatever, it's, like, it's, like, painful, you know what I mean? Like, it becomes painful for everybody in the room because it's so obvious. Like, I don't... Whenever I'm interacting with somebody that I don't really want to interact with, it is obvious in a way that makes me uncomfortable, makes them uncomfortable, and, like, you just wish the interaction would end as soon as possible. So I get it. Like, I, I relate. She's a relatable queen. Um, so the story that I'm telling today begins on November 16th of 2007 when it was announced that Kristen would be playing the role of Bella in uh, the Stephanie Meyer novel, Twilight. And uh, before Twilight, like, Kristen had had, like, some pretty... You know, she worked regularly. Like, she was... It's not like she was hard up for, like, a role. Like, she was... I think she was first noticed in Panic Room with Jodie Foster in 2002. A movie in which Jared Leto has cornrows, I would just like to add. An incredible movie, too, by the way. Like, such an underrated thriller. I think Panic Room is, like... I could watch Panic Room at any moment. Like, I love... I love a thriller, you know? You know that. Typically, I like a sexual thriller with a, a woman who's, like, scorned and, like, fakes a pregnancy. But I, I, I just love a thriller. I love any movie where, like, the lead-up is to something so intense that you're, like, grabbing at your heart because you think you'll have a heart attack. Like, that's, like, my kind of film. And Panic Room is fucking great. Jodie Foster was amazing in that movie. Kristen Stewart was amazing in it. And... She was just a wee little thing, but that was kind of like the movie that got people talking about Kristen Stewart as being like this young, you know, up and coming star. Um, she was nominated for a Young Artist Award, and like I said, she definitely deserved it, I think. Um, and then between 2002 and 2008, she starred in uh, Cold Creek Manor, she was in Catch That Kid, um, Fierce People, The Messengers, um, In the Land of Women cake eaters into the wild like in other worlds the, in other words in other worlds the girl could get a job like she you know she could she could book a job she was not hard up for like an acting gig she pretty i mean she was in a movie every year from 2002 up until twilight um so it's not like twilight gave her a career but it definitely launched her into that it girl territory I mean, faster than you can even, faster than, like, the speed of sound. I mean, it was, like, literally you snap your fingers and all of a sudden Kristen Stewart was, like, the most famous person in the entire world. Like, she was, like, being interviewed in every single country at the same time. Like, she was in every publication in existence. Like, it just was overnight. Uh, the first pilot film was released on November 21st of 2008. Uh, the budget was $37 million, and the movie ranked in $393 million in the box office. Um, now, I just want to talk for a second about Kristen Stewart's uh, 
acting in Twilight. Kristen was like praised for her role, but like with her praise came this sort of like, I want to call it backlash, but at the time it was, because that's what it was. Like at the time it was backlash of like Kristen Stewart can't act. Kristen Stewart is cold. Kristen Stewart doesn't have facial expressions. Kristen Stewart is, it was like, it was definitely backlash, but like I know enough now to know that it was like more so confusion. Like, I think Kristen Stewart confused us. I don't think we were ready for her. And I think that's all there is to it. Like, she wasn't your typical sort of, like, teen novel movie adaption, like, leading girl. You know? Um, she it, So, it, like, it didn't really quite make sense that she was, like, this brooding, sort of, like, naturally emo, like, bags under her eyes teen who was, like... <laughs> always looked uncomfortable and I think like she was perfect for that role because like that was what Bella was supposed to be was like this uncomfortable sort of like awkward trying to like figure out how to exist amongst people teenager and that's who Kristen Stewart was um you know the sort of like stiff in that like in a way that I believe worked for her but like it also became this thing where like she was so good at being that person because it was so much her that it became like what people thought she really was and it but it was who she was it was like this whole weird thing and i think that's like when she, when people become typecast in a way or like when like a role that they play becomes like a giant phenomenon kind of thing i think it's because like it's just perfect casting and it's like she really was that person in her heart and like it's almost as if her personality was written like on paper and her portrayal was perfect of an awkward stiff teenager um but I just I don't I don't think America knew how to digest Kristen Stewart when she came out like I think we were just all like what is wrong with this girl like why is she so uncomfortable literally all the time um but yeah like I said the movie sort of launched her into that it girl territory that pretty much every young actress I think dreams of you know but not Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I don't think Kristen Stewart ever had any in intention on being that famous. And, you know, like, when she started acting, like, Kristen Stewart was one of those people. I actually, I'm pretty sure I talked about this. I talked about Kristen Stewart, I think, specifically in the Misha Barton episode. Um, but Kristen was, like, one of those rare breeds of people who, like, legitimately got into the business because she wanted to act. Like, it had nothing to do with her wanting to be famous she just wanted she literally just wanted to act a lot like misha barton um and then suddenly you know you have your entire life and like every decision you make including like who you date it's all it all becomes a part of this like giant money-making machine at which you know lots of people are making money off of you and you know lots of young adults are sort of basing their entire life and their existence around what you do and you know i think like, I mentioned this, too, in the Misha Barton episode about Kristen that, like, I think there's this weird, like, punishment also that happens where, like, like, we get mad at these girls because they, like, don't handle it well. Like, we punish girls like Kristen Stewart because she doesn't handle being an it girl well, but, like, could you handle that? I mean, like, it's it's a weird position to put a teenager in to, like, force them into being this, like cultural icon when they're like not even a fucking fully developed person um and you have like teenagers literally like cutting their fucking your name into their arm you know what i mean it's a it's a weird 
sort of like world to exist in and people act like it's almost like if you don't handle it with like poise and grace like you're not a good person you know what I mean like if you don't handle all of your privacy being stripped and people no longer being able to like connect to you as a human person at like 15 like if it's it's not something that you handle well then like you're a bitch you're an ungrateful bitch um but yeah, she was like not a fully formed human. And I think that she was similar to Misha in that sense that like she just, you know, she got it from all angles too. Like she was also a fashion girl. You know, it wasn't just directors that wanted to work with her because they saw some like weird thing in her. She became a sort of like unintentional fashion icon. And I think she, like she really sort of like honed it in in a very chic way now. I think Kristen Stewart is like one of the best dressed like, most underrated girls, like, in Hollywood, as far as, like, her everyday style, like, what you see her out being photographed in by, like, paparazzi, and also what she wears on the red carpet, um, I love the way she dresses now, but I do think it became this weird thing back then, during, like, the peak of her sort of, like, crazy Twilight fame, where, like, designers would sort of, like, project all these ideas of who she was onto her, and, like, ideas of who they thought she was and who they wanted her to be and like she just looked uncomfortable and everything she wore like she would just be wearing these like insane sort of like overstyled couture outfits to every red carpet and look like what the fuck am i doing you know what i mean like why am i literally wearing two different pairs of shoes right now and like why do i have like like chicken wire in my hair like she just looked totally uncomfortable all the time um <clears throat> And I guess now would be a good time to probably kind of, like, transition into Kristen and Robert. Like I said, I don't want to get into, like, the, the fucking Twilight fanfare. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want this to become that. I just, I think that it's interesting that these two people who didn't want to be famous had the world, the world balls in their hands for a couple, like a few years. And, um, they just kind of threw it all, well, they didn't. Kristen was just like, fuck it. Let it burn, let it burn, gotta let it burn. Um, so the rumors that Kristen and Robert were dating started around November of 2008. Um, you know, all the publications sort of jumped on the idea that this was like the perfect sort of like young couple that they would profit from big time. I mean, I think that when people, when the publications like got word that they could possibly actually be dating, and especially when they knew how successful Twilight had become, like, this was, like, I just picture a bunch of executives in a room, like, rubbing their hands together and, like, biting on cigars. You know what I mean? Like, they were, like, let's fucking cash these cows the fuck in. Like, it is time. Let's eat, gentlemen. Um, so in May of 2009, Robert and Kristen, like, awkwardly acknowledged their relationship by pretending that they were going to kiss at the MTV Movie Awards um, when they accepted their award for Twilight. A PR move, by the way. Perfectly perfected so many years later by Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? I, I know how you guys get when I mention her. <laughs> She's. It would actually be interesting to find an episode of this podcast of all 27 where I don't mention Britney. I don't think that there is one. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, one episode where she isn't mentioned it used to be that I would mention, like, Lindsay and Paris all the time, but and I, I, in my mind, didn't realize I was mentioning Britney every week because I mention her so often just in life that, like, 
She's just a part of my zeitgeist. Like, a light switch reminds me of her. Everything I look at makes me think of her. Just, it's like a beautiful mind. So, when I realized that it wasn't, Lindsay and Paris weren't the problem. It was Brittany all along. She was my addiction. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kristen and Robert spent years, like, denying their relationship. Literally years. Um, it was one of those, like, worst-kept secret Hollywood things. And I fucking hate that. Like, I think America Girl is really tired of that. I know I do. I hate when people, like... Because it's like, if you don't want the attention, please just pop the balloon. You know what I mean? Let the air out of the fucking balloon and just let it let it go. Like, just enough. Like, everybody's annoyed by it. Whereas, we're as annoyed by it as you. Just acknowledge it and move on. It's annoying. Um... And he did a Vanity Fair interview in 2009, in October 2009, actually, where he said, it doesn't make any difference what you say to the tabloids. I've literally been across the country from, from Kristen. It's like, oh, they were secret. They were on secret dates. It's like, where? I can't get out of my hotel room. Like, fuck off. And I also do believe, by the way, that these young people are totally manipulated by their publicists and by their PR people um, because I believe in these situations, like, the publicists tell them to deny it, like, knowing fucking good and well that that's just gonna make everybody more ravenous for the news, you know what I mean? But I feel like they tell them to deny it with, like, the false, like, sort of sense of, like, we're trying to protect you, but it's actually because they know if they acknowledge it, like, the, the fire goes out a little bit quicker, people care a little bit less, whereas, like, if they deny it, it turns into, like, let's get them, you know people chasing them around and trying to get pictures of them together and like the fanfare becomes even even greater so i think that they like totally get sort of like manipulated into like playing the game without even realizing it and the following month kristen gave a quote to entertainment weekly saying i probably would have answered if people hadn't made such a big deal about it but i'm not going to give the f the feeding any answer I know that people are really funny about, well, you chose to be an actor. Why don't you just fucking give your whole life away? Can I have your unborn, your first unborn child? See, it's quotes like that that make me really just, like, adore her. You know what I mean? Even in her Twilight phase, she was saying shit like that to Entertainment Weekly. Why don't you just fucking give your whole life away? Can I have your first unborn child? Like, that kind of sarcasm that's just so condescending that you're like, damn, girl, yes, get it, queen. Uh... <laughs> And I also just want to add, too, by the way, that there also always seemed to be this element of, like, protection from Robert when it came to the way he was a Christian, especially when they would do interviews and stuff together, because it's almost like, you you know, you could always tell that he was the one that sort of, like, protected her awkwardness. Like, she was uncomfortable and, you know, she had to rely on him a lot to get through a lot of things during that time, like the press stuff and the interviews and the red carpets. Like, it's always him sort of just, like, holding her up and being like, it's okay. And he always, like, would step to the front and kind of be the one to, like, take the lead and answer the questions and, you know, make the fucking cheesy jokes and play the games and, like, do all the shit. You know what I mean? He was the one that would, like, take the brunt of all of it for her because he knew how uncomfortable she was. And... I always thought that was really adorable, especially now, sort of, like, looking back on it. Like, it's sweet, you know what I mean? He was the charming and funny one, and she was the, the awkward one in their interviews, and he would just kind of, like, take the reins. Um, no, it wasn't until October of 2011 that they actually confirmed that they were a couple, 
And like to give you some perspective, they were on their fourth Twilight film by the time they announced, and it wasn't even an announcement. It was like a, a slight acknowledgement. By the time they acknowledged that they were a couple, they were like two of the most famous people in the entire world. They had starred in four of the most successful like teen novel films of all time. They were photographed together endlessly, interviewed together endlessly. It never stopped, and they still hadn't fucking acknowledged their relationship. Um, and it was like I said, it wasn't even like a fully admitted acknowledgement. Like she told GQ that her boyfriend was British. That was them for the first time acknowledging that they were a couple. Like, as if it's just some guy that we, like, may or may not know. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you may know him from, like, every fucking Burger King cup in this country and every, like, children's, like, bathroom, like, set at Walmart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's, on, he's, like, embroidered on every, like, little girl's bathrobe in this country. You may or may not know him. I fucking hate when celebrities do shit like this. Um, and Kristen attended the premiere of Robert's film... Uh, Cosmopolis in May of 2012 and she showed that her first sort of like real genuine excitement for the first time that you know that they were a couple and she told MTV you know he's really really good in the film I don't know how he did it and I can't understand how he pulled it off but he was so good it's so good it's so cool and I'm so proud of him thank god so like you know there was that I mean she finally kind of like acknowledged that they know each other you know, it's so fucking stupid. So now I'd like to just kind of like slowly transition into Kristen and Rupert if we can. Like the real reason that we're here. So it was announced in March of 2011 that Kristen would play the role of Snow White in the film Snow White and the Huntsman. And this would be her first sort of like big like post-Twilight role that would carry her into, you know, another successful franchise and... It was also announced that Rupert would be directing the movie. A couple things. For one, it never really made sense to me that Kristen went from doing Twilight to being tied down, excuse me, to another, like, machine for years to be, you know what I mean, involved in this other, like, big, giant blockbuster franchise uh, that would, if successful, probably require, like, 400 films to follow and endorsement deals and video games and, like, the whole bit. Like, she just got out of that. At this point, she would have just been ending the Twilight stuff, and, like, it seemed miserable. And I don't know who, like, I don't know who sent her the script, and I don't know why her publicist or her her uh, her person was like, you should do this this other franchise immediately after. But I don't know, that never, it never made sense to me that she did Snow White. Like, it was always just sort of, like, a confusing thing to me. Also... This was Rupert's first movie. Can anybody explain to me how that works? I don't understand. Like, for some reason, I just find that very odd and interesting. I don't, I don't understand. I need somebody to, like, literally contact me and, like, weigh in. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, he was known for directing a couple commercials that have won some awards. Um, one of them being Halo 3. But, like, does Halo 3 garner you a giant Hollywood blockbuster with Charlize Theron and Kristen Stewart like I don't can I make them can I do that like I am I able right now to I mean if Mick G 
and fucking Rupert can go off and I mean McG was like making music videos for like fucking Outcast. Can I then just go direct a movie starring Charlize Theron? I mean, is that like did I not know all these years that that's how that works? You just you just decide that that's or do I have to do a commercial first? I don't I don't understand. Um, his other his only other movie, by the way, which just recently came out, was Ghost in a Shell. Which was also very problematic, and I mean, as you know, it cast Scarlett Johansson as an Asian robot. So this guy really can't catch a break. The only two films he's ever done have been sort of shrouded in just fucking controversy. Um, and in May of 2012, Kristen and Rupert were photographed having dinner together in Berlin um, at this Vietnamese restaurant called Monsieur Vuong. And uh, that was like the first sort of inkling that something could possibly be going on. And then on July 17th of 2012, the paparazzi obtained these pictures of Kristen and Rupert being, quote, intimate, as they were described by the press. Um, let's just break these pictures down for a second. Like, I really want to, like, get into because this is, like, the reason we're here. First of all, she's wearing Robert Pattinson's hat in all of them. She's, like, literally wearing her boyfriend's favorite hat in the pictures, okay? Just to twist the knife a little bit. And it looks like in one of the pictures, they're in the car. He's like kissing all over her body. And I'm going to be honest. It looks like he's heading for her calzone. Like it looks like he's going about to go down on her. Um, and then in the next set, they're sort of like standing on this park bridge. And he's like rubbing his hands up her body and like holding her under boob. Um, like kissing her neck, they're like linking hands and like, you know, just like doing all the couple things and they're pointing at the Hollywood sign. And when I was looking at these pictures, it made me wonder, like, I wonder how many celebrities have had affairs while pointing at the Hollywood sign. Very Lana Del Rey of me, but like, you know what I mean? Like, Imagine how many, from, like, Marilyn Monroe and JFK to, like, Kristen Stewart and fucking Rupert. Like, how, <laughs> how many celebrities have been standing and holding each other and looking at the Hollywood sign? Like, Elizabeth Taylor, how many times have you, and because I know that you're listening from heaven. How many times were you, during all of the affairs of your life, being held and looking up at the Hollywood sign, just like Kristen Stewart on that fateful day on July 17th of 2012? It's interesting to think about. Uh, <laughs> um, now, rumors started to circulate on July 23rd that the photos were going to be shopped around to Us Weekly. Um, people were, like, not believing that it was true. Like, the kids, for the Twilight kids were losing their shit. And there were all these, like, save Robert Pattinson, save Kristen Stewart... These crazy hashtags were, like, fucking taking over the world of, like, these teens, like, saying that the pictures were going to be photoshopped and to make sure that you don't buy the magazine. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. you got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So, go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate, and then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast you'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week you'll get liz bentley's feathers in my hair which is the teen mom podcast um you'll get me and molly's uh britney and kevin chaotic special 
You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.